Hey there, fellow writers. Welcome to the Pick Up the Pen podcast, a podcast by writers for writers, where we help you get out of your own way, whether it's fear, self-doubt, anxiety, depression, all that baggage that comes with being a writer. We help you drop that baggage so you can not just be a writer, but be a successful writer. Whatever you're writing, you should think of it as the thing that you were born to write. It just kind of sounds cliche and corny. What does that mean? And the more that I thought about it, especially with my first novel, I thought this had to get out of my head. I didn't have any expectations on it taking off or anything like that. I was just so glad to be able to like wipe it off the whiteboard to know that now that's a blank slate. I can do the next thing. I mean, if you're thinking about your characters and your story, like when you can't sleep at night or during your workday, you're on the right track. It sucks. I absolutely hate it. but you're on the right track. I'm your host, Sadie Chelsea, and this is episode number 25, who you just heard was author, music journalist, and podcaster, Jameson Ketchum, who speaks with us today on how various forms of art and creativity can intertwine with your writing. He also shares with us how writing can start from strange places, blending different art forms into your writing, ways to expand your creativity, the more modern way to getting published, strategies for marketing yourself, and more. Here is Jameson Ketchum. How did you get into writing and become a writer? You know, I was thinking about this last night. I was like, man, can I trace back any sort of first spark for writing? I just always loved reading as a kid and stuff. I thought that was all pretty normal and boring. (laughs) But I really have to attribute it to falling in love with music really early on. And because I had no musical talent and still don't whatsoever, (laughs) lyrics were just the thing that stood out the most. Like if I was bored in class, (laughs) like in high school and junior high, I would write the lyrics out. And there was something about even just the physical act of writing it out that was like really fulfilling. It wasn't anything, you know, that I wrote or anything like that. It wasn't anything I was creating, but just the physical part of having something to write. And this must have been kind of like before I realized, <laughs> oh, I could make something up myself, try to write poetry or a story, but I would just write lyrics out. And then after a while, I would write lyrics to a song out. And then I would try to just change the words, like copy the melody and everything exactly, but just change the words to see if I could do it. So I think that was it. I think it was finding bands that I really enjoyed what they were talking about and what they were writing about. And then thinking like, is there any way that I can also do this in some different way that doesn't require musical talent? (laughs) That part where you were like, it wasn't so much what I was making, but that physical act of writing. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way, even on the many a bad days when I'm just writing total crap. (laughs) It's just that act. I don't know what it is, that release and connection, like all at the same time. It's super hard to explain, but there is this phenomenon that seems to happen when we do it. A friend of mine posted the other day, just kind of a jokey thing about how she got this new Sharpie pen that she was excited to write with and then posted later, update, here's how good it looks. And I was like, I remember that being a thing too, like getting a pen that you really enjoyed and that would motivate you to write. I still do that to this day. I only buy a very specific type of brand and pen style. It works though. It's a motivator. Let's dive into a little bit. You're having a book come out, right? Yeah. So June 29th is the release date. It's called Name Dropping. It's basically a collection of stories from doing a couple different things, but working in music, primarily going 
going on tour and then interviewing bands that I had grown up loving. So I kind of started this as I felt like my memory was starting to go. And I was like, I've always wanted to write out some of these stories and not even to make them eloquent or anything, but just jot down the facts so that I wouldn't forget. And I was going to really just like share them with friends and people that were there just as kind of a nice thing. After a while, I was like, I have so many of these. This is a lot of writing. Is there any way I can like kind of find a through line to make this more than just like a series of potential blog posts? Like, is there anything that connects these things? So after a while, like workshop different ideas. Basically, is there something here? Is there something here that people would want to read? And can I make this a story? And I hope that I've done that. I love that. That's your inspiration there. I just wanted to write this down so I wouldn't forget things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like that's been probably the most unique answer I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah, just just because I'm getting old. That was the main inspiration initially. (laughs) So I also have on my notes about rejection. Did you experience rejection when you were doing this book? Yeah, boy, I feel like mainly from myself, which is maybe a whole other episode. But my publisher is called Askew, and I got connected with them in a pretty weird way. But do you know what PitMad is? I've seen that around on Twitter. Yeah, so Pitch Wars, I think, is kind of the umbrella thing. But then PitMad is an event they have three times a year. As far as I know, Twitter only. Three times a year where a bunch of lit agents get on Twitter and they follow the hashtag PitMad. And on that day, you pitch your story. You know, Twitter obviously has a character count. So you got to get it real succinct. You pitch your story. If you get likes from lit agents, you can contact them at the end of the day or they'll contact you and see if that's something they want to pursue. You can, you can find all this at pitchwars.org. But so I'd participated in PitMad maybe four or five times at this point. And it was always like just really for fun. It was just like a way to kind of learn how to pitch. It was a way to connect with other writers because people would retweet for you and you end up chatting with them and stuff. So it was really just like a good networking thing. And I would get likes here and there, but nothing ever panned out. And then a skew came along. And yeah, I couldn't believe that that was the way that this worked out. Let's jump a little bit into what you said. That's a whole nother episode, the rejection from yourself. I think we all struggle with that. What little humps and bumps and things like that did you have to overcome when you were writing this book? Because this is your first book, right? Well, yes and no. I self-published a shorter novel a few years back, something I'd started in college and just needed to get it off my plate and out of my brain. I still kind of consider this the first one. It's the first with a publisher. It's the full length. It just feels more serious and more legit, you know? And I pitched my first one and this one to other places and gotten rejected a handful of times. And as far as the self-rejection part, I think it's hard. It's like you question, is anyone going to read this? Is this interesting to anyone but me? And I am I representing myself and, and other people in these stories correctly, like writing nonfiction can get scary in that way, especially when you're just telling sometimes other people's stories or stories where you're there, but it also involves 10 other people. And you have to think, am I, yeah, am I representing everyone well? Am I getting this right? Is anyone going to be mad? (laughs) That's like a really scary thing. So I think there's in whatever writing or whatever creative thing you do, there's always going to be self-doubt. But I think as far as kind of getting over that, I think a lot of encouragement certainly came from friends and came from other writers too, just being like, I think that same thing. And you're always going to be your own worst enemy but like you have to push past that because what else are you going to do what if you always give in to that what if you always say like yeah you're right this isn't good enough you're not going to get anything done so i think that even on those really hard days the idea and the excitement of like but i've never taken it this far i've never put out a book i've never put out a book with a publisher i've never seen what people thought that idea is way more enticing that experiment's way more enticing than just being like nope i'm just going to throw everything in the trash and just not even try obviously nothing's going to happen then What do you expect if you just always toss everything out, you know? 
the other thing I, as far as writing that's just kind of been on my mind lately as far as trying to figure out how to market this book, I've just been connecting with more and more people on Facebook and on Instagram, especially that are in the same boat. And I've just been more and more wanting to be open to finding inspiration in things that aren't the typical. Like I have a really good friend. Hers is uh, writing and lipstick. If you want to follow her, she's great. We did like an Instagram live a few weeks ago and she's a fiction writer. And at first I was like, we're on two different pages. Why do you want to talk to me? It's just so easy to be like, I write this type of thing. So my lane needs to be this and I should talk to these kind of people and just opening myself up to more and different things and realizing like there's so many things that can contribute to your inspiration as a writer that you might never think of. I've been using this example a lot, but watching even like I, I really love movies and TV shows like everyone does, I guess, but trying to expand even what I watch there and realizing that there's things that can get me excited and emotional in movies that I would have never picked on my own, whether it's like a musical or just like a certain type of drama or something that I just would have never naturally picked off the shelf. And now I'm watching it and going like, oh, that gives me a really good idea. Or like, even if it's just something that, oh man, that made me so emotional, I would have never guessed. So I think just trying to open myself up to more of that stuff and then seeing if I can connect it to what I already do. That makes sense. That makes total sense. And I'm glad you bring that up because I really try to watch a little bit of everything. Same with books. And you can like derive inspiration and creativity from almost anything. I think if you keep your mind open and your eyes open. Yeah, it's been a really interesting thing. And other than that, too, I think networking has become a big thing. Like whether it's connecting with people over PitMat on Twitter, obviously we all have to do social media and are all going to talk to people there. But not only is it great for your marketing and that you're not throwing out this big wide net hoping to catch as many people as you can but you're focusing on individuals and you're developing friendships and relationships and networking in a way that's meaningful and that's going to reflect in your sales or in your numbers or whatever versus yeah just throwing out a press release to 5,000 outlets and saying you know let me know if you're interested okay great like I'd much rather have 10 meaningful conversations like this than you know do something stupid like that so I work with people from all industries I've always found that to be the case you know making those connections with individuals and making it more personal. We always get better results than saying just like throwing up an ad in the paper somewhere, you know. And I think this will be an interesting experiment as far as I'm combining two things that I've always enjoyed doing. And I, you know, I've been a music journalist for years, so it's not like the combos never happened. But even as I kind of started to try to network and, and look for people that were doing something similar, I really felt like there was just this big gap where I follow and and am followed by a lot of music fans and that's great and then I try to like then shift over to the the writing side and I can't find there's a few people of course that have kind of gone both ways but I was like man I can't find a lot where these two things are mixed when I feel like when I jump to the writer side of things it's a lot of fiction it's a lot of if it's nonfiction, it's more like self-help and stuff that's great but I was like man I just can't find a lot that are doing this thing so I'm half the time I'm encouraged that I'm doing something fresh and there's not a lot of me and then the other half of the time you're like oh no no one's doing this so no one's gonna care That's the main reason too why I started this podcast because like you said, I myself had a hard time finding, I I found a lot of writing websites, but for those of us who want more like an audio or visual kind of thing, I had a hard time finding that. And also just struggling with myself, are there other people (laughs) like me out there, you know? Mm So that was kind of the motivation there. And like yourself, you're finding this fresh area. And I just think it's important to note, you know, we are always sort of 
following what's been done and that can just get so stale so fast you want to keep your eyes open for those opportunities that everybody else missed. Granted, it's going to seem scary when you do it because you're like the first one to do it. And so it's going to seem really like weird or out of place or you might get like a lot of criticism or whatever, but it always ends up being worth it. Oh, yeah. Huge. My friend Mike Henneberger, he wrote a book called Rock Bottom at the Renaissance. Very similar as far as a lot of the bands he's talking about are are bands that are also in my book. And that gave me just such a boost and so much encouragement of like, other people do care about this. I mean, I feel like I knew that from working in the industry for so long. People will care about it in this format, in this book format. And there's a little bit of feeling like, should I have grown out of this? this interest maybe or what does this interest look like in your mid-30s and how different it looks from when you were 18 or 20 when I started taking this book more seriously I sent a rough draft to a friend who's a singer and who's who's in a lot of the stories the way he put it was like this is kind of like your life's work and I kind of laughed just thinking because it was such a grand thing to say and then I was like oh but it's it is it's every story up until today so feeling like oh that's a really big deal that's a lot of stuff is kind of a cool pressure to put on myself. And it, and just a cool culmination to know whatever I do next, all of that stuff is now off your plate. That's all out of your brain now. That's been recorded. It's in a book. It's here. It's tangible. I don't have to think about it or worry about remembering things anymore. Like it's cemented. That's such a good word for it, cemented. I'm not quite where you are in your journey of putting everything down. I'm still in that mode of trying, but I find myself doing other things or writing about other things. I don't know. I'm just not in the position to do like, this is my life's work yet. Um, (laughs) And I think it scares me a little bit, to be honest. It is what's going to kind of push me to make it great whenever it happens, you know? No, I I agree. I I had on one of my rejections, I remember from a publisher years back, I remember thinking this was kind of corny at the time, but it makes total sense. He said something about like, whatever you're writing, you should think of it as the thing that you were born to write. And at first I was, I was like, it just kind of sounds cliche and corny. And what does that mean? And the more that I thought about it, especially with my first novel, I thought this had to get out of my head. I didn't have any expectations on it taking off or anything like that. I was just so glad to be able to like wipe it off the whiteboard to know that now that's a blank slate. I can do the next thing. I mean, if you're thinking about your characters and your story like when you can't sleep at night or during your workday you're on the right track it sucks I absolutely hate it (laughs) but you're on the right track in that case I would say so what are your final words what would you like to say to the writers out there sounds like simple and cliche but it's just start just start the process I know that I'm not someone that I don't do outlines. I don't do a lot of the prep work that we've been taught to do. And I also don't think that they're incorrect. I just know that that type of prep gives me a lot of anxiety. And for this, at least, I thought through a lot of that. And then I thought, well, you know what? I'll outline it later. I have this story going in my head right now. So why don't I just get it down on paper? And then that never ended. So I think it just start mentality for some people is way smoother and reduces a lot of anxiety. And it's something you can always come back to. You can always come back later and restructure it, move things around and outline and do it, quote, the proper way that professors taught you. But even if it's just stream of consciousness, just put pen to paper and start going. I love to put on music, put on different kinds of music, too, and see what comes out. Put on something you wouldn't normally listen to and just start writing and you'll get weird stuff. Even if you just end the day with uh, one page of weirdness, that's a big accomplishment. Hopefully it'll just flow into something you want to be writing about. But really, like just getting pen to paper, guarantee what works for a lot of people. I love that. (laughs) 
<laughs> even if, if even if it's a page of a weird mess. Better than zero, I will say. Thanks so much, Jameson, for sharing all of that with us. If you'd like to hear more from Jameson, you can do so by listening to the Godspeed podcast, where he interviews top musicians, authors, and comics from all over the world. You can also check out his book, Name Dropping, and even get a free photography and art companion to the book by following Jameson on Instagram at namedroppingbook. Be sure to also follow this podcast on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts. Again, I'm your host, Sadie Chelsea, and this is the Pick Up the Pen podcast. Until next time, fellow writers, blend all the art that you can and keep on writing on. Mm